Go ahead and take your Bibles and go to Genesis. Genesis chapter 3. I'm going to read one message and kick this sermon off. Genesis 3.20. Look at what it says there. It says, And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Okay, I want you all to think about something for a second. Eve, the mother of all living... She's the first mom that there ever was. The first mom we see in the Bible. First mom there ever was. We are all related to Eve, aren't we? We're celebrating Mother's Day today. And one of the things people do on Mother's Day, they usually end up getting with a group of people that have something in common. And that is usually a mother, right? You know, I'm not gonna, I don't go and celebrate Mother's Day with another group that isn't my mom. You know, I want to do it with my mom or my wife's mom. You know, somebody that... I'm connected to, and we're going to look at three mothers this morning that all of us in here have a connection to, all right? And the, and the first one, of course, is Eve. She is the mother of all living, and it's interesting because think about this, when, when you stop and think about it, being a mother is really one of the greatest, probably the greatest accomplishment in the world, because think about this, all right? It changes the course of history, doesn't it? I mean, think, think, all of us have a mom, don't we? If somebody does not give birth to us, then we don't exist. We did not get delivered by a stork. A, a mother had to deliver us. She had to carry us. And we were born. And think about it. When you give birth to a child, when you bring a life into the world, that life, it goes on. And who knows what it's going to do. But not only that, that life ends up going and producing another life, right? And so when you stop and think about it, I mean, it does. It changes the course of history. You know, we all think about things, you know, what if Adolf Hitler would ever would have been born, you know? Think about some of these people, you know, bad people who did change the course of history maybe in a bad way. And it's like, man, you know, it'd been better if they'd never been born. But you know what? They were born. They had, a mom had them and they, they gave birth to them. And, you know, they, you know, Think about this. I don't know this, but you know, Adolf Hitler's mom, she might have been a sweet lady. You know, you don't know. And so, you know, it can change the course of history. That child you give birth to, you don't know what it's going to do. You don't know who is going to come from them. What they're going to accomplish, if they accomplish great things, they couldn't have done it without their mom. And if, if they do terrible things, well, couldn't have done it without their mom either, I guess. You know, either way, it's really... Uh, an interesting thing to think about when, you know, when you stop and think about it, you know, it can start something that literally goes on forever. I mean, if your child survives to where it ends up having children and keeps going, I mean, think about it. What you start in giving birth could literally go on until Jesus comes back. It's, that's something to think about. It can literally multiply into millions. My grandma, on my dad's side, she had nine kids. And I remember at her funeral, I think she had like somewhere around 35 grandkids maybe. And at the time, there was like 39 great-grandkids. And I have no idea what it is now. Now there's great-grandkids. You know, great, great and I mean, I, I have no idea what the number is now. And it, it multiplies, it grows. And, you know, and I remember at her funeral, there's a bunch of people there. And, you know, and you look around and it's like, you know how many of us would not be here if it wasn't for her? 
So, you know, you, you think about that sometimes, about the impact that your life has, you know, on, I mean, in generations to come. It's something to think about. And then, once again, the main results of what we see, or of what comes from you having a child, you know, don't come until after you're gone. Once again, if you, like my grandma, there was like, you know, 70 or 80 people, you could say, that were alive as a result of her. And thing is, now it's way more than that, but she's gone and can't see that. But yet we're still here. We're still going. And it's something to think about. If you have children, that's going to be you. You might only have one or two kids, but you give it a few generations, it's going to multiply. And I mean, down the road, there's going to be, you know, the Lord tarries is coming. Thousands, even millions. With Eve, there are billions of people. Billions. That It all started with her. The mother of all living. And one of the reasons I say it's one of the greatest accomplishments is think about, you know, people today, they're always looking at accomplishments as building something, making money. But think about it. You know, let's say, I don't know if there, there's any women billionaires yet. You know, but let's say you become the first female billionaire. Well, a billion dollars can get spent pretty fast in this country. You know, our government spends it all the time. You know, I mean, think you think about it, you know, money, it's temporary. It goes fast. Okay, let's say you do that. I made a billion dollars. Well, guess what? You're going to go to great to the grave really rich, but if that's all you did, then it's over when you're gone. That money is going to go away. When you have children and they have children, man, while you're long gone, there's still something going on. There's still something that's being accomplished. You know what you know what you build. You can build the biggest buildings in the world. You can build the greatest business, but it's not going to last forever. It's temporary. But people, they go on. They go forever. If you if you become the first female president, okay, that'd be a great accomplishment. You'll be remembered in history. But you understand, you'll only be president for eight years at the most, and you would only. You might be good for the world. You might be bad for the world. You know? I mean, it would be a great accomplishment, but it's not going to last forever. And the thing is, being a mother, man, if, if all of a sudden all the women just got together and said, you know what, we're done with this. It's not fair that ladies have to have all the kids and all the women went on strike and stopped having babies. Guess what? The planet's going to be empty of humans <laughs> in a short time. It, 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 wouldn't last, it wouldn't last long. You got to have moms for things to continue to go to go on. So you know it will. It'll when you have a child, you start something that would bring either the greatest joys or the greatest sorrows, and sometimes both. I mean, you think about the happiness that your children brings you, and the greater the happiness that you get from your children, the greater the sorrows you get. If you know, God forbid you lost one. I mean, I can't even imagine anything that horrible. But at the same time, I sure am glad I have the time that I have right now. I sure am glad I've got it. I mean, what what comes from that little child that you give birth to? So much joy, but possibly so much sorrow too. And I mean, and said so you you can get both. It's a miracle every time it happens. It says in Ecclesiastes eleven five. It says. As thou knowest not what is the way of the Spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child, even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. It is, it is a miraculous thing. It still blows my mind. My wife's had six kids, but it still blows my mind how 
a little child grows inside of her and comes out sometimes looking a little bit like me. And, you know, it, it's an amazing thing, folks. I know science has come a long way and they can explain a lot of things about how that all works, but I'm just going to tell you right now, I don't get it. And if we're all honest, we don't get it either, but we believe it works. Why? Because we're all proof of it right here. It's a miraculous thing. It's an amazing thing. It's the way God, it's the way God made it. And it is, it's a wonderful thing. And I've, I've said this before, but I'm, I remember when Cassandra was pregnant with Tommy and it started getting close. It was going to be our first child and it's getting close. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm starting to get a little nervous because, you know, I know I, I've seen the movies where women have babies and they die from it. You know, I mean, I know that kind of thing can happen. I know it's a very painful experience. But and I remember getting kind of nervous about it and just thinking, man, you know, what if this doesn't work? And, and I, I'm, I'm thinking all these things. And all of a sudden it just hit me that there are billions of people in the world and they all got here the same way. This is completely normal. All right. And I tried telling my wife that when she's in agony, pushing everything. Hey, this is no, I, I, I didn't I didn't do that. That wouldn't have went over real well. <laughs> but but it is it's, it's it, it is uh, while it is normal, while it's happened billions of times. Man, you know, Lord bless you ladies that have allowed yourselves to go through that pain. I wouldn't do it. There's absolutely no way. You know, God didn't make me to do it, but he did you. And the thing is, I mean, what you start when you have a child, it's, just, it's, it's an amazing thing. You know, I, and you have no idea the blessing that that child is going to be. You know, I think about all of you that have been a blessing to me. I sure I'm glad your mom's had you. I sure am glad that my wife's mom had her. I mean, you, you think about the joy that we get from people. Well, you know what? If they were never born, then we, would, we wouldn't have that. We would have missed out on those things. And I don't even want to talk about this today, but we live in a country too where even if a woman gets pregnant, she can end that thing if she wants. And that's sad and that's a sick thing. But you know what? It's legal in this country. And every one of you that are in here that are, that are in here today that are under, I don't know what year Roe v. Wade was, but if you're, uh, if you're under that age, your mom could have taken you out. You know, they say all the time, you know, I brought you into the world, I'll take you out of this world. Well, you know, it's illegal once they come, you know, once they're born. You know, and you have to do that while they're in the womb in this country. And that's sick. That's sick, but you know what? It's legal, and your moms could have done it. And they didn't. They allowed you to come into this world, and thank God, thank God for that, because you're a blessing. And so, when we think, when we stop and think about it, while all, you know, we all in here, we've got, there's, you know, different moms, we all represent different families. I don't have any, I don't have any relatives in this church besides my own wife and kids. Uh, you know, if, but at the same time, if we, started tracing back our ancestors. Do you all realize pretty soon we're going to start finding some that we have in common, aren't we? And one that we know for sure that we all have in common is Eve because she was the mother of all living. All of us in here today are connected with her and that's significant. And we'll, we'll talk more about, we'll say something about that a little bit later, but it is, it's a miraculous thing. So Eve, she's the first mom, one special lady that we are all a part of. And there's three that we're looking at. The second lady that we are all a part of. Now, now hear me out on this one. Because you're, at first you're going to think, no, not necessarily, but no. If you're saved today, you're actually connected with this lady. And her, 
Her name is Sarah. Okay? You all know Sarah, Abraham's wife. All right? Go look at Genesis chapter 11 and verse 30. Let's look at some verses in Genesis. You think, oh, wait a minute. You know, how do you know that we are connected with Sarah? Okay? Well, I'm telling you, there, there is. There's a connection. There's a reason that Sarah is special to me. And that she should be special to you. And I'm going to show you where this is in the Bible. I don't, I don't think I'm stretching here. I think this is something we need to understand. I, it's important that we all understand we come from Eve. Because we understand God made man and woman. And we all come from them. Okay? We, all des- uh, they, we all descended from them. But Sarah too. Look what it says in Genesis 11 verse 30. It says, but Sarai was barren. She had no child. We see that. Uh, when you read the story of Abraham and his wife, first his name was Abram and she was Sarai and God changed their name. We'll look at that in a little bit. But she was barren. And you know, I mean, back then that was looked at as a curse to women. If they weren't able to have children, it was a sad thing. And God, He wanted to make a great nation of Abraham. But he, here He has his wife Sarah and she's not able to have any kids. How can He raise up a great nation of people if He does not have any children? She was barren. And it says in Genesis 17, verse 15, it says, And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarai thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. God changed her name and it said, And I will bless her and will give, her, uh, give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations, kings of people shall be of her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? And Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed. And thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant. And with his seed after him. So right here we see in the story a few interesting things. First, her name was Sarai, which means princess or my lady and god changed her god changed her name to sarah which means princess of nations or uh, lady of many people basically god was telling he changed her name to that to show many people were going to come from this woman she was going to be a special lady and notice how when god told abraham you're going to have a child by her because sarah was 90 when isaac was born abraham laughed and so God said, you know what you're going to, I want you to call his name Isaac. And the name Isaac means laughter. God told me, you call him that because you laughed when I told you that. His name is going to be called Isaac. And then in Genesis chapter 21, in verse 1, it says, And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. Just like God said, Sarah ended up having a child. God did a miracle with Sarah. Sarah should not have been able to have children. It had ceased to have been with her after the custom of women. See that verse. But yet God did a miracle. And at 90 years old, she had a child named Isaac. See, Sarah, she believed God. And look, look what it says in Genesis chapter 18, verse 9. Because it's like, wait a minute. No, Sarah, Sarah didn't believe God. Well, let's, let's look at some verses here. Genesis 18, verse 9 says, And then they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold in the tent. 
And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of surety bear a child which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah denied, saying, I laugh not, for she was afraid. And he said, Nay, but thou didst laugh. Now, does that look like Sarah believed right there? It looked like she didn't believe. She hears this and she laughs. I'm nine years old. I'm, I'm not going to have a child. But we see, though, in Hebrews chapter 11, obviously something changed. After God told her, No, you are going to have a child, it teaches us in Hebrews 11, which we call the Hall of Faith. The, those who are known for their faith in the Old Testament are mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. We see men like Abel and Noah and Abraham, all the greats, and God named Sarah in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11. It said, through faith, also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised Therefore sprang there even one of him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky, a multitude as the sand which is by the seashore, innumerable. Sarah believed God. Sarah had faith. And God used her, and God had a child, and God changed her name from Sarai to Sarah, which means, um, it means lady or princess of a multitude. Of a multitude. Here's this lady... 90 years old, she's thinking, it's done. I never had a child. And it, it was hard on her, but God said, no, I'm going to call you. God called her Sarah before she had that first child. And she did become a mother of a multitude. She didn't get to see, she didn't get to see that in her lifetime, but it did happen. When she, by the time, she died before Isaac had his first child. She didn't even get to see her grandchildren. But yet a multitude came from her. And so you say, well, where, you know, how are we connected with Sarah? Well, we're connected to her, not necessarily genetically, but we're connected to her. We see by faith. Look at what it says in Galatians chapter four. Turn over to Galatians chapter four and verse 22. I don't think I'm stretching it here when I tell you this. I think God is the one that made this connection. We see in Galatians chapter 4, verse 22, for it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise, which things are an allegory, for these are the two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai, which gendereth the bondage, which is Agar. For this Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and answer to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is, from, which is above us, is free, which is the mother of us all. Hagar, Abraham's handmaid that he had a child with, she represents Mount Sinai, that Old Testament, that Old Covenant. She represents that, but Sarah, she represents Jerusalem, where the New Testament comes from, which is that New Covenant is what we got saved by. We got saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. We got saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. 
And the Bible says that we are from that which is the mother of us all. Those who are of faith. And it says, verse 27, For it is written, Rejoice thou barren that bearest not. Sarah, she was the one who was barren that wasn't able to have any kids. And it said, Rejoice and it said that bearest not. Break forth and cry thou that travailest not. For the desolate hath many more children than she which hath an husband. That's quoting Isaiah 54, verse 1. So right here, what it means, this is where it all comes together. Now we brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of the promise. Do you all see that? You see, we all, most of us probably don't even know where we come from physically. You might, you know, you can go do those DNA tests and things to find out about your ancestry. You know, that's fine. You know, but the truth is, it doesn't really matter where you come from genetically. What matters to God is, are you of faith. And the Bible says those of us who are of faith, okay, Jerusalem that Sarah represents is the mother of us all who are of faith. Therefore, you can say we have a spiritual connection to Sarah just like we have a spiritual connection to Abraham. The Bible teaches that if you're of faith, you're Abraham's seed. Well, does that mean we descended from him physically? No. But God named Abraham the father of those who are of faith. And Sarah was the mother of those of faith. Isaac was a child of promise. It was a miracle by God that Isaac was ever even born. And you know what? It was a miracle of God when you got saved. It was a miracle of God when you became a child of God. And once again, we were not saved by Sarah. Don't think I'm giving Sarah credit for our salvation. All right. But I'm showing you we have a spiritual connection with that woman. We have a spiritual connection with that mother. She pictures something. Her giving birth to Isaac is a picture of us being born into the family of God. And so our connection with Sarah, the mother, it's not a physical connection. You might descend from her. Well, you know, no way to know for sure. But that's not important. But one thing we do know, spiritually, we are connected to her. We do have a spiritual connection. She is a picture of our spiritual, spiritual mother, if you want to put it that way. So it's a picture. It's an allegory we see there in that story. And so we're connected there. She believed God. She was of, she was of faith. And those who are saved today, you're not saved because of some works you did. You're not saved by the works of the law. You're saved because of your faith in Christ. Bible says the just shall live by faith. That was taught throughout the Old Testament. It was repeated many times in the New Testament. And Sarah, she had faith. Therefore, we are connected with Sarah by faith. Sarah, you can call her the mother of those who are of faith. And so, not only was Sarah, is Sarah known for that too, this is just kind of a side note here, but being, you know, being the right kind of mother, that's something to be remembered for. Being the right kind of example. And did you know if you look in First Peter chapter 3, uh, go ahead and turn over there, First Peter chapter 3. I want to show you this here. And, and husbands, you might like, you might like some of this, uh, that we're going to read right here. But it says in First Peter chapter 3 verse 5, For after this manner in old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves being in subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, 
whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well and are not afraid with any amazement. Sarah, Bible looks at her as an example of one who reverenced her husband. That's another term it uses in the Bible. And the Bible says, you are her daughters if you do the same thing. If you as a wife are in subjection to your husband, if you, if you practice that in your life, just like if we practice faith in our life, God calls us the children of Abraham. If you practice subjection to your husband, God says you're a daughter of Sarah. And that's a compliment. That's a compliment. The Bible says she reverenced her husband. And this is another side note. I do not like being called reverend as a pastor. I think that's inappropriate. Ladies, the only person you should ever call reverend, according to the Bible, is your husband. Alright? So, you, you all remember that. Don't call me reverend. Alright? The Bible never told you to reverence me. Alright? But he did your husband's. Okay? So, um, I don't know if that's going to go over. My wife has never called me reverend. Uh, but it, I'm not saying she's never reverenced me. But, I, I do. I, I believe biblically that's inappropriate. I don't know how that term made it into... Christianity and calling preachers that, but it, it is inappropriate to do that. And so, um, you know, don't, don't call me a reverend, please. All right. I, I don't, I don't deserve that title. I'm not your husband. All right. So anyway, but so Sarah, we're connect, we're connected with her spiritually speaking. And then finally, can anybody guess who the third mom's going to be that we all have a connection with? What's that? Mary, alright? Mary, okay? Now, why, we, well, we know why she's special. Mary, of course, she's the mother. She was the mother of our Savior. Now, listen, I, I do not believe we should worship Mary, alright? Don't think I'm going to try to give Mary any extra credit more than she deserves. But listen, while we all have our earthly families that we're a part of, isn't it nice being a part of another family, that family of God? And we are, we, we see in the Bible that we're a family, that we are all brothers and sisters. And, what, and listen, I'm not calling Mary our mother, all right? Do not call Mary your mother in the faith, anything like that. But I'm going to show you why we should look at her as special and why we have a connection with her. This is, this is very important. I, I want you to get this because think about this. The Messiah that was promised in the Old Testament it could not be born of a man, but it had to be born of a woman. It says in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, Behold, um, the Lord shall give you a sign, a virgin shall conceive. A virgin shall conceive. And bear a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. We see that in the Bible. The Messiah, it could not be born of man, but it had to be born of a woman. And there's a reason that it could be born of man. And that is because... Man sinful. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Okay, listen, we do not get into the family of God by Mary. Alright? Do not mistake me. Do not, I hope I'm, I hope I'm being clear on this, but I'm going to show you the importance of Mary here in just a minute. But we get into the family of God by Jesus Christ. Don't ever forget that. But there had to be a mother for there to be a Savior. There didn't have to be an earthly father. And there was not an earthly father. But there did have to be an earthly mother. Because look what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 21. It says, For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, 
Even so, in Christ shall all be made alive. Now, why did it say Adam all die? Why couldn't it have said in Eve all die? Didn't she eat the fruit first? But, you know, the Bible teaches that the woman was deceived. But Adam, he was not deceived. Adam willfully disobeyed. Therefore, he was in the transgression. And the Bible says, credits the fall of man to Adam. And because by Adam all die, once again, when my wife, had, when our kids have been born, I can look at all of them and sometimes you see the similarities in me. I can see things that they've gotten from me. And it's the same thing, you know, as you go back, we all have little things that we've inherited. I was at a funeral one time and I had this older fellow come up to me and he asked me, he's like, are you one of Lehman's grandkids, Lehman McMurtry? And I was like, yeah. And he said, I, I never thought I looked like my grandpa McMurtry at all. I've seen pictures of him. I, I don't think that. But man, he saw me and knew I had to be one of Lehman's grandkids. Why? He, he, he saw something in me. My grandpa died when I was only five years old. So it couldn't have been any of my mannerisms or anything that I you know, picked up from him. I was never really around him. I, I think I was around 20 uh, when this happened. And, but he saw something. Why? Because we're all connected. You know, there's, that family connection was there. And it's the same thing. You keep going back. And one thing we all got from our parents, they got from their parents going all the way back to Adam is sin. That sin nature, it goes all the way back to Adam. And the, a Messiah, for a Messiah to be born, there had to be a man who lived a perfect life that never sinned. But the thing is, that was going to be impossible to come from mankind because all had sinned. All men was sinful. Every single one that had ever lived was sinful. And for there to be a Messiah, for there to be a deliverer, if one man brought sin into the world, it had to be one man to take sin out of the world, to take death out of the world. And it could not come from mankind itself. There had to be one who was perfect and it couldn't come from man. But you know what? It could come from woman. And we see that the Holy Spirit, it came upon Mary and she conceived. And, that, and thank God, that child that was born, it was the Son of God. Jesus Christ and he did not have that sin nature. He had the very nature of God. And we see that he was God. And the, and the thing is, it, it could, he couldn't just come down to earth like he did many times in the Old Testament in that form. No, he had to come as a man like us. He had to become like sinful flesh. He wasn't sinful flesh, but he was like it. And he was born of a woman. The Messiah could not come without an earthly mother. And so Jesus did. He had to live in life on earth as a man in order to pay for our sins. And that could not have been done without Mary. It couldn't have happened. It, the Messiah could not have come. Sin could not have been paid for had there not been an earthly mother. And so how should we view Mary today? Alright. So said so some people, they've taken this a little too far. Go as far as you know, worshiping Mary and things like that. But I like what Luke one twenty eight says. This is exactly how we should view Mary. It says, And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Y'all see that right there? She was a woman highly favored of God. She was 
blessed, blessed art thou among women. I don't know. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us a whole lot about Mary and about her personality. But you know, one thing we do see from, from the Scriptures is that she was special to God. She was highly favored. God could have chosen any woman in the world and He chose her. And this is just another kind of a side note. The Messiah had to live a perfect life. He had to keep every single law that was in the Old Testament. And do you realize many of the laws of the firstborn and for male children, what had to be done, the child couldn't do himself. The parents had to do those things. There were certain offerings that were supposed to be brought. There was the circumcision that was supposed to be done on the eighth day. There were all these things that they needed to do that the child couldn't have done himself. But you know what? Mary made sure they got done and Joseph helped. Joseph, another great man too. A very special man. But Joseph was only the stepfather. Joseph, was he was not the father of Jesus. But you know what? He helped and they were special people. And so Mary is special to us today because of the fact that God used her to give the world the Messiah. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. We all know that verse. God had to give His Son through a woman. Once again, we're not, we're not giving her credit for our salvation. Okay, All glory goes to God for that. Jesus Christ is the one who saves us. But you know what? There's something, there's something special about that lady that God used her, that she did that. And I think that we ought to look at a lady like that with respect. Just like the Bible says, you know, Bible says, honor thy father and thy mother. You ought to honor your mother. Why? You wouldn't be here if it weren't for your mother. You should, you should honor her. And we, ought, we, ought, we should look at these. The, our mothers, our earthly mothers are special. Our grandmothers, why? we have that connection with them. We wouldn't be here without them. And truth is, we wouldn't be here without Eve. We wouldn't, and spiritually speaking, once again, completely figuratively, Sarah, we're all connected with her. And also with Mary, God used her in a great way because none of us in here today would go to heaven without Jesus Christ. And Mary played, she played a part in that. And many during this time of the year, they get together with family and they celebrate a woman that they all have in common with and that's their mother. And the truth is, every Sunday, we come together because we have a family connection and that's Jesus Christ, isn't it? We're all connected to Him. We are brothers and sisters today because of Jesus Christ. And if you're saved today, if you're saved, if you're of faith, okay, like Sarah, if you believe God, if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation, if you've done that, you're connected with these three ladies. All of you are connected with Eve. And you could even say if you're lost... You have a connection with Mary because Jesus is your Messiah too. The question is, have you accepted Him? And to be a part of that third, Sarah, is are you going to be of faith? Are you going to, are you going to believe God? Are you going to believe His Word? Are you going to put your faith and trust in Him? Are you going to believe He'll save you like He said? Just like Sarah believed that God would give her a son even though that was impossible? Are you going to do that? That will you, get you connected with the third one. And you know what? These three mothers... They're all, they're all a part of our story. Every one of them. They said they're, 
Not necessarily our mothers, but they are a part of our story. Every one of your stories, it began with two people. And one of them was your mom. They're a part of your story. And these three ladies, they're a part of our story. And thank God for them. And I hope you are a part of all of them. I hope you are of faith. If not, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Trust, trust in the Lord. And so with that, let's all stand together.